really is helpful. Uh, we were descendants of Daniel Boone, who was one of my heroes when I was growing up. Uh, his, his attitude was that if you could see smoke from your neighbor's cabin, that it was too close, you needed to move. Well, he was not a city boy, I can tell you that. We, uh, we tend to think in terms of I, myself, and me. Me, myself, and I, however you want to say it. Now, if you just thought, oh, no, I don't, you would prove my point. As a result of this individualistic thing, our, our, our sermons, our messages, our Bible study lessons focus, tend to focus on an individual's response to what the Bible says, what the lesson is about. As a conclusion of my messages, I usually invite you as an individual to do something in response to a particular passage, principle, the Bible. What I want you to say is different. Today is going to stretch all of us. Today is going to be uncomfortable because it's not what we're used to. For those of us who are writing it, it'll be like trying to write with a lesson. For those of you who are left-handed, it'll be like trying to write with your lesson. Something about using something awkward this morning. I just wanted you to be aware of that. It's not going to be embarrassing. I hope. It's not going to be embarrassing. Okay, I understand. Today we're going to address us as a congregation, as a whole. As a whole group. As a church family. And at the end of the message, I'm going to call all of us to renew our collective commitment to following Jesus as a church. You see, in a nation where about only, only about 20% of all churches are growing by reaching new people, Jesus calls us to break out of the rut of holding evil to the past. In a world where churches typically plateau in attendance, by the 15th year, the Spirit urges us to seek to reconnect with Jesus' love, His love for those who don't know Him. King Jesus reads out to us as a community group, teaming as missionaries to the base of the earth. But we must seek a fresh love for Jesus and for others to accomplish what he wants. We have to pray for at least power to share his transforming grace. We cannot press on without Jesus' life flowing through us to others like never before. We must recommit ourselves in order to experience the courage we need to follow Jesus. Now Joshua and the people of Israel needed to make a recommitment as they entered into the land that God had promised to give to them. He made the first promise to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob and 
They've been passed on generation after generation as they came into the border. Moses was the Lord's man who set his people free from slavery in Egypt. He brought them out. He read them the Mount Sinai. He received the Ten Commandments. He made a covenant, a commitment to God. You will be our God. We will be your people. And we can die if we don't keep our in the bargain. We came to the promised land. The borders of Canaan have been promised just once. And an entire generation, except for two men, stood up and said, We can't go. I can't be impossible. We won't even try. God who split the Red Sea, fed us manna every day, gave us water in the desert, performed all kinds of plagues in Egypt. The God who did all that is not big enough to do what He's asking us to do now. That's what they said. And God said, Fine. So you, you said, You want to, I brought you out here to die in the desert, you can have your way. You can die in the desert. You can die Everybody in Joshua and Caleb's generation, the two men who stood up and said, We can do it because God is bigger than all this stuff. All these obstacles are nothing compared to that. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones left. But they returned, they came to the border, and Moses is about to die, and he instructed the people to renew their covenant promises to the Lord in the land that he was about to give them. He said, There's a valley between two mountains. I want you to go to that that place, and I want you to put six tribes on this mountain and six tribes on this mountain with a valley in between. And I want the Levites, the priests, to call out the commandments and the blessings and curses of the covenant that we've made with God. And I want you to renew your commitment to Him. You guys were all pissed when we did this in Mount Sinai. I thought some of you were even pointing it. That's what most of you say. And as a group, we need to renew this commitment. So I think they were to read out the blessings and read out uh, obeying the Lord and read the curses of disobeying Him. And after each one, the entire body was yelled uh, together, Amen. Which means so be it. So please be careful when you say Amen. I've been in church services where the pastor said, That's right, it's all a sin. And somebody said, Amen. And I'm going, No, that's not what we wanted to do. It is true. But what we wanted to do is different. Right? Yes, that's a good one. Okay. You say true? Yes. Definitely say it not true, because you're saying that's the way it ought to be. They said, Do we bless? The people said, Amen. If you don't disobey the Lord, you will be cursed. The people said, Amen. Ooh, so be it. Wow. So it is to make a promise. I want to do a, a short little reenactment. You don't have to get out there like nothing, you don't have to be embarrassed. Uh, we're going to pretend that this side of the church is six of the tribes, and this side is the other six. 
they just kind of turn and look at each other. You know, that's kind of that. Isn't that wonderful? They kind of turn with each other. I'm going to read a blessing, and then you, you're going to try to each other and say, hey, okay? This is what the seal of what Moses told them to do. If you obey the Lord, your towns and your fields will be blessed. If you obey the Lord, your children and your crops will be blessed. Don't, don't get tired. You're only done too. If you obey the Lord, the offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. If you obey the Lord, your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. If you obey the Lord, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The other hand, first, if anyone in cars or cars can idle and secretly stretch it out, these idols are the work of craftsmen that are detestable to the Lord. Okay, sir. Hey, there's a shell for the mouth. First, if anyone who dishonors father or mother, first, if anyone who steals property, I did, I do, and I always will. I 
for the people of Israel saying to God, we did commit to following you. We do commit to following you. We will always follow you. We still do. So how can we recommit as a congregation? How can we recommit to Jesus' mission and approve our promise to you? Glad you asked. Make a prayer for top priority again. And pray that, that the conversation with Jesus, not just a monologue, not merely a monologue, Prayer that is a connection with Jesus, not simply a stopping list of our wicked plans and desires. Prayer that confesses our need for Jesus, His help, His grace, His forgiveness, His power. This kind of prayer breaks our self-sufficiency and rebuilds us with the pure knowledge that Jesus' grace is enough. This kind of prayer it humbles us under the weight of sin, guilt, and shame, and restores us to the freedom of His forgiveness, His grace, and His forgiveness. And prayer has to be a top priority. A deep prayer that connects with Jesus makes us more like Him. Remember, yesterday's promises are. Only as good as today's promises. How do we recommit? Get back to completing Jesus' mission. Jesus was crystal clear on his purpose for being in this world. His mission here on earth is stated very succinctly and simply in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. I came to teach and save those who are lost. I like that. All one I think the end of it, I came to teach and save those who are lost. Jesus pursued each one of us for a relationship, not a penalty. He didn't come after us to, to capture us or to imprison us or to confront us. He challenges us to do the same with the people around us. He challenges us to go out after people in order to establish relationships with them. They don't need us to tell them how bad they are. That's God's job. And trust me, the Holy Spirit can do a far better job of telling somebody we need Jesus' forgiveness than you do. I don't care who you are. I don't care about anybody. There are a lot of things I'll fight for, but I'll punch you in the nose for that one. You can forgive me. I'll call it waiting on a pain. No, I really won't punch you in the nose, but I'll forgive you. Verbal agreement. Not physical. Jesus challenges us to build relationships with people. He includes, Jesus includes people, others, when everyone else will exclude them. He challenges us to do the same with the lost ones around us. Don't wait till they're clean. Don't wait till they're wiped out to include them. I'm looking for people to be a part of this church. I'm just being honest with you. I'm looking for people to be a part of this church who aren't like that. 
you know more leaders. We need more people for different. I know there's not a lot of there's not a lot of diversity as far as ethnic groups in our community. How do I know that? Almost ninety one percent of the people in you know talk to that means if you got ten people from both cities in the room, nine of them would be white, and the tenth one would be a mix of everything else. And it was. But I would love to see people who are part of that nine percent that aren't white be a part of our church. Okay, not the old. Old is some of you. Some of them are even older than me, though. Not me, though. It's just on both of you, so they feel like you're going to church. Older people to come to know Jesus. Well, we want young people too. The percentage of generations of each generation that knows and follows Jesus gets smaller as that generation gets younger. Which means our mission field is huge with young people. Our potential is huge. The harvest is. Right. We need to include people who are not like us. That's what Jesus challenges us to do. Jesus sees potential when other people see only problems, and He challenges us to do the same. Learn to look at people as their potential, not their problems. Jesus knows each person has a person. He challenges us to do the same with the lost people around us. To not put labels on, but to get to know the person. We need to be crystal clear about our mission to embrace this. We have to say this as Jesus said. And if we were to say it, we would say it like this. We can to think and to say those who are lost in this community. That's the time to say amen. I'm not going to be careful about what to say amen, but so it's a good time to say a good, good response to a question where we can to think and say those who are lost in our community. Those who are lost in our community. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it one more time so we can really give it to you. We can't of our community. Amen. That faith promises are only given to the promise keepers. So, how can we make a real commitment? Well, we pray and we get back on mission and we reinforce. The importance of the Bible. The Bible comforts the afflicted, 
than afflicts the comfortable. If we're afflicted and we're reading our Bibles and we're listening to Bible studies, or participating in the Bible study or listening to messages, if we're afflicted and we're not receiving comfort from the Bible, things are a lot harder. If we can't remember the last time the Bible disrupted our comfort and changed our thinking about asking in something So listening to our Bible study groups and the messages we hear on Sunday week are seen different, unchallenged, or unchanged, if something is really wrong, and if something is wrong, then we need to go back to step one and pray. First prayer request is, Jesus, show me how much I need to It's going wrong. The Bible's not comforting us when we're afflicted, or afflicting us when we're comforted, and not changing us. Then something is wrong, and we need to pray. We need to pray that God will show us how much we need to change, or at least give us a glimpse of it, and then He will give us a hunger and a desire to settle for absolutely nothing less than Jesus. Calling us, our team is calling us to break out of that rut 
to join the 20% churches in our country who are actually making a difference in the lives of people who don't know who they are. So this morning I'm asking you to join me in recommitting ourselves as a group. We want to recommit ourselves to following Jesus. I'm going to read five promises. I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment and I'm going to ask you to face each other. We've already talked just a little bit, so that's one of the reasons we stand in the moment. I'm going to ask you to stand and face each other. I'm going to read five promises. Each of them will be followed by three explanations. Like, for example, we're going to pray and I'm going to describe that prayer. We'll thank, ask, witness, and more details and give you a quick overview. And then I'm going to ask you to respond just like you did earlier. When we have reenacted the people of Israel, we can say amen. This is our promise, our promise to God, to Jesus. Are you ready? Let's stand. Thank you, Judge. Thank you. And this is our first promise. We will pray alone and together. By thanking Jesus for His forgiving, transforming grace, by asking for the Holy Spirit's help in our lives and our service to lost people, by listening to Jesus' directions for us. Second promise: We will complete the mission of Jesus in the Bay City area by praying for His love to motivate all we do, by inviting the lost and unclean to follow Jesus with us, by warmly welcoming everyone. Who comes to meet with us. We will protect the harmony of Jesus' church by acting in love toward each other, by refusing to gossip, grumble, or complain, by following the leaders Jesus establishes. Number four, we will serve others as Jesus did by developing the servant's heart, by volunteering our time, gifts, and talents, and by being equipped to serve. This final promise. We will support our testimony to the community by living in obedience to Jesus' teachings in the Bible, by attending public worship faithfully, by giving generously and regularly. Amen. And we finally heard our promise as a people. We recognize that today's promise is only as good as our promise keeping is going to be. So the first thing we do as we look at these promises is we ask that you give us the grace to keep them. That your Holy Spirit will give us the power to be the church you've called us.